No Block, No Rock is sponsored by our friends at Charlie Hustle. Charlie Hustle is on the road for eight weeks for their college roadshow, and their next stop is Lincoln, Nebraska. That's right, Cornhusker fans. Charlie Hustle will be showing some love to our Huskers all week with a massive campus capsule launching this Friday, August 26th. Follow along with the roadshow through their social channels at Charlie Hustle Co. and go shop the drop on Friday at charliehustle.com. We've seen the collection, and we're sure that you guys are going to love it as much as we do. Let's show Charlie Hustle some love and show what that Husker pride is all about. Welcome to NBNR, the authority on unfiltered opinions and authentic player insight for Nebraska athletics. Connect with us on Twitter, Instagram, and at nbnrpodcast.com. We have a saying, no block, no rock. You know, we just really love Hunter. He's a junkyard dog. Hey, Kenny Bell ran up to me and said, like, you know what you just, what you just did? <laughs> you get mad. You went to go get in the portal and go to another podcast? You know, usually dumbbells are in pairs. They had five dumbbells. Hey, <laughs> gone it, Muhammad. G-B-R. Go Big Red indeed. No block, no rock. Season three, episode four. You guys, here we are once again. In the Nebraska Brewing Company tap room, 108th and Harrison. Yay. First of all, I must ask each and every one of you, are these sad beers, mad beers, apathetic beers? What are we drinking here, guys? It's a big beer. Uh, again, it's a big beer. <laughs> um, I am drinking a Taco Vesa, and like Mike, it is of the larger variety. Sorrow draining, please. It's making me feel good. Yeah, and I am drinking the cow tipper. Cow I'm tipper. I'm also drinking a large cow tipper. Large, large. and in charge. Yes, I. <laughs> Connor grabbed that little cup and I said, "Hey, hey, no, 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 no. It's, it's. A, I'm drinking my sorrows away from Saturday. Still on Monday, and so he <laughs> gave me the big one. We filled her up. We'll see how many of those I have to do tonight, but we're fine. I, I think it's funny that, so I'm drinking a Pilsner, not to anybody's surprise, Shocking. but we're all drinking light beers. And I think that speaks to something is that we're all going for volume where we just need a lot yeah. of beers after this weekend. Yeah. I, I just, I don't need anything heavy. Yeah. I just want like a lot of something light. Exactly. <laughs> My heart is already too heavy. Listen yeah. guys, if we drink too much, we won't feel good. Whereas if we drink a light it, it will have just a dull, like, sense of satisfaction. Ease the pain. E, just, Ease the pain. Just very, it doesn't need to, we don't need to be throwing up or puking. <laughs> okay? You guys know what reference that is from, right? Yeah, yeah, okay, right. anyway. So, I, I wish we were throwing up 15 to 20 times an episode. Yeah. That, <laughs> that, honestly, I mean, what, I heard the performances are really good after that. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. <laughs> is there? Yeah, I think there might be a sign behind you there, Jared. No, no, we need to talk about. What are we talking so about? So Kyle's <laughs> officially changed his name to uh, I'm Sad. I'm Sad. I'm Sad. Hello. Yeah, Hello. I felt it was appropriate to make my own T-shirt uh, this evening, and so I came in with a big sign on my chest that said, Hi, I'm Sad. Um, Hello. Hi. I'm, Hi, Sad. I'm disappointed. You know, we're just going to talk through it. You know? Is Sad your yeah. middle name? Or yeah. your last name. And here comes <laughs> Kyle. I'm Sad Myers. <laughs> oh, there we go. There we go. Look at that. that. There we go. We're laughing a little bit, having a little fun. Let's get into the good part of what you guys saw on Saturday. Well, uh, okay. Well, Nebraska lost the football game. They what? lost the football game. What? 31 to 28. Hey, it was close, well, though. Uh, shit. 
Okay, positives, Mike. Okay. Um, first, I want just want to give a big shout out to my boy Travis Vogelek. Dude was a security blanket, a third down machine who came through again and again for good old Casey when he needed him most. And when he exited the game, you saw just how vital he was to this offense. Yep, you ain't wrong. And we talked about that in the you know over the offseason about if Thomas Vidoni is out for uh, an extended amount of time that oh. that room gets very thin very quickly and wow did we get to see it in week 0 yeah how thin that room got yeah, real when tough. you got the likes of Borkature and who else even came out there oh Brewington came out for yeah. a little bit right you know Skull he, Crusher himself yeah. but yeah it just got thin very quickly yeah so I think the positives that I took away, um, I actually didn't get to watch the game until yesterday uh, because I, I worked a, I worked a wedding on Saturday, so I got to watch all of the the stress and frustration um, through the groomsmen and the bridesmaids that were watching the game all day. But I think after watching the game, one of the biggest things that stood out to me was how fast Casey Thompson makes his reads. I think the average was like 2.5 seconds he had the ball or 2.4 seconds, something like that. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you could literally see his head like whipping around. He'd start on his right or whatever the case might be. But I mean, he's just like scanning the field and that, that big one, like we were just talking to Vokalek, um, for the first down, like dude was wide open. He probably had 10 yards, you know, guys were dropping back, but it was like, he read everybody to the right and he knew Vokalek would be over here, whipped his head around and got the ball out of his hands. I thought that was really impressive. Um, and then boom, Cheney. Shit. I think the biggest positive on Saturday for me was honestly Anthony Grant. Just mm. absolutely okay. unbelievable game. I was really, really riding high on the running back room this year anyway. I, I think, you know, if we kind of get this offensive line sorted out and we, we can make the, or make room for these guys, <laughs> that we'll see a lot of success coming out of those guys. So just touching on, on Vokalik again, I, I did joke with Mike when we were watching the game. I'm like, damn, they're, they're using him more than they used Austin Allen last year. Yeah. I mean, it just seemed like he was, he was coming through. He's six foot seven. Like he's, I, I feel like he's gotten kind of a, not a bad rap, but you know, he's, he's a good blocker. It's like, damn dude. I mean, he was catching everything that was coming his way. Catch radius um, was huge. Okay. And I, I know we're talking about positives here, but the Fedoni issue, yeah. I'm a little worried about, are they going to rush him back because of how thin that room is? From, That's what I'm worried about. From what I've, I've heard, I've read it. I have a feeling they're trying to get him back by Oklahoma. So we'll see. Yeah. I, 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 and what is rushed? Who know? Like, I don't, I don't know what the, the gauge would be for like, is this rushing it or is he good now? Like nobody yeah, really knows. We know nothing we, about his injury, right? I mean, yeah, they just it, know he had a knee, knee injury you know, and that's it. And we, yeah, exactly. And we don't know how far like his recovery has progressed. I mean, we have almost zero information on that. No. And, right? and the thing with these next two games coming up, they're supposed to be wins. They're supposed to be double digit wins. And I just hope, I hope they don't need, needlessly bring him back for these two games, assuming they win and they play fine. Um, but yeah, if you were to ask Fedoni, he'd be like, "Put me in now." It's like, dude, we're not even playing today. Just chill. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> just relax. That's the type of player I want. I, I mean, he yeah, kind of reminds me of like a Garrett Nelson. I'll play anytime. Ah. But then if you look at whose head was down the most after the game, I don't know if you saw that press conference, dude. with Garrett Nelson. Like Casey Thompson, the guy who is freshly added to this roster, had to pick his captain's head up and say, we're going to be fine. 
when you're what Garrett, do you guys think about that? I don't know if you guys saw the press conference, but you got Garrett Nelson who's like, hey, you know, as a leader, I, I got to really uh, I got to try to motivate the guys. Obviously, I'm not doing a very good job of it myself right now. And Casey looks over there and sees his head hanging. Dude, he, he says, we're going to be fine. It's like he had do, to take. Can we revote on captains? I mean, Jesus. He he had to take Garrett away from the ledge. Garrett, don't jump, dude. It's game one, but at the same time, this is a dude who's been around. He's forever. seen this before. Yeah, yeah. He he He's, knows what's going on. Yep. And maybe Casey's just a little naive. Hey, Casey, this is kind of what you got yourself into here yeah. going to Nebraska. And Garrett's like, yeah, we we've been saying it, same old story. Charlie Brown hanging the head. He's seen it. He knows what's going on. And this is supposed to be the rah-rah, F, F everything, go play nuts out. Garrett was in KC's you know? seat last year where they're like, you know, it was, it was, it was, yeah, 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 like like we got the whole season ahead of us and, you know, we're going to be just fine. And that all played out just how it did last year. And now mm. he's looking right in the mirror. Even <laughs> Travis Vokalek. Like, I mean, a guy that's been in the program for a while now. Yeah. Even in that press conference, too. Like, I mean, him and Casey were kind of feeding off each other a little bit in the interview and everything after the game. But, I mean, even him, like, his head's down. I mean, he probably should be down because he didn't finish the game, but he had enough, you know, enough strength to get up to the podium, which I respect. But Well, the, and this is also an argument for why people want walk-ons so badly because they care more. Yeah. Right? And it's it's almost it's almost like a a catch 22 like these guys care, care so damn much that once they catch that L it eats them alive eats them inside and yeah. it's it's in in the long run it's kind of detrimental because it does something to your between the ears and we talked about it many times they've learned how to lose they know how to lose yeah and it's just over and over and over that whole walk on thing that you just mentioned that's like that's something I've never thought about that's something we've never talked about is like they care so much yeah. that once they get into a position where they're looking at a, at an l or after a game a tough loss like that mm-hmm. yeah then it's just like shit fuck. once you're in that hole it's hard to get yourself out yeah like my whole life I wanted to be I wanted to wear this n yeah. and and people and get wins with pe- it people are shitting on us on Twitter and it's not just local people it's national people and it's week zero and everybody's watching and it's 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 a shame it's really a shame so anyway uh Mike uh, what what were your positives (laughs) let's get on positives uh my positives I'm sticking on kind of what Kyle said uh Casey Thompson he looked like a the real deal a proven quarterback uh, obviously, the the end he he got very shaky at the end. Accuracy wasn't uh, his strong suit at the end. Yeah, yeah. I will say though, you know, you bring in, you know, Oliver Martin and Wyatt Lever at the end there, and oh like guys that I just feel like didn't have a lot of playing time, and they come in at, in crucial moments, and they probably could have helped their quarterback out. I, I'm not gonna. We're, we'll probably dive into that a little oh, bit later, Mike. We're on positives right now. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah, we're on positive. <laughs> I know it's very yeah, hard. It's, it's very so hard. easy to pivot. Yeah. No, no, no. No, Casey, he looked like the real deal. I loved him stepping up in the pocket and mm-hmm. delivering good balls. Yeah. Uh, not to mention, we have to give a shout out to that sweet scramble and still looking down the field. Unbelievable. Yeah. Like that was really fucking cool. Yeah. Right. I mean, and one little thing was when they asked him about that after the game or whatever, he's talking about it. And he, he's very, like, analytical when he gives every answer. Right. I, I can't tell if it's just, like, a bunch of bullshit or if, he, like, he's actually like that. It's a little bit about but it. But 
yeah, I, I just, but it was cool. It was, it was sweet to, to see a different face running this offense. I thought Whipple did a good job. Let me find more positive. There you go. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. It's a, I'm, I'll piggyback off you a little bit, but uh, you keep going. Keep going. Uh, what a, another positive. The pass pro was okay. There you go. That okay yeah. is kind of positive. I, the pass pro was okay. There were, of course, moments where it wasn't. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. but yeah, I mean, it helps that Casey, it looks like he has pretty good pocket awareness and is stepping into his throws and he's not throwing up his back foot and all that. You are going to say something? Yeah. Sorry. Well, I, I mean, it was either way. I, I think there we're still on positives. Yes. Yeah. There yes. are some very glaring <laughs> negatives, but I think it's very easy with those big negatives to overlook that there were actually a lot of positive things that happened in that game uh, yeah you know it it helps the the pass pro it helps when casey is really quick to get rid of the ball yeah. uh he's got good he's got like a good timer right and thinking on like the the pass rush and all that good stuff like that's just something and and the good decision he very well could have just thrown that ball out of bounds on that scramble yeah and instead like you said he just kept his eyes downfield i mean he's running through his reads really quick so that's just that's like a, the most glaring thing i think that i saw from casey thompson another name you know i'm i'm going to mention trey palmer he yeah he he made plays right there were a few where it was like damn i wish you would have caught that ball yeah but especially in the first half you could tell that casey and him were were on the same page in my little quickie my pregame quickie that morning i said they needed to start off fast and fast they did i mean yeah it's pretty obvious that their scripted plays pretty freaking smooth yeah yeah especially if you have a garcia castaneda going up and making a play he made a play on that yeah he, it's not like he just it fell in his bread basket he had to go up and make that play they started off fast it looks like the scripted plays assuming whipple's behind that it looks very good and how long has it been since we've seen 50-50 balls? Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. Not, not a lot last year. I mean, I think no. Torrey really didn't have to go up and get any balls. No, I mean, really. I mean, he, he was he usually always wide open. A lot of yeah. splash plays and yeah, all that, right? I mean, I mean, he ran good routes and just got himself open. But no, I mean, yeah, Isaiah Castaneda, I and mean, he made a good play. Maybe yeah. we'll see Omar coming back. You Stop. know. <laughs> I mean, look. I mean, we're I, even I'm the guy who's like, come on, Omar played okay last year. Dude is. Done. I don't Done. think he's going to see another down. Okay. I hope I'm wrong because you know why? Maybe this can go into our weaknesses. Um, actually, you know what? No. I, let's talk about the glaring thing that everybody's talking about. The onside kick. Go. Somebody go. This has been beaten to death, as everybody knows. Uh, we're a little late to the party on this. The explanation for the onside kick was we felt like if we got it back, we could put the nail in the coffin. We could we could end it. My man, it is you're in the third quarter, okay? If you want to be aggressive and no fear of failure and all this other stuff, go for it on fourth and five, right? Okay, that's cool. You go for two points after a touchdown. You you want to start, you know, doing some things that are aggressive and stuff, do it the traditional way. When was the last time you saw an onside kick in the third quarter when you're up by 11? Woo. I'll wait. Uh, yeah, exactly. And so you used a phrase that I really like, nail in the coffin. It certainly was, but I think it was a nail in a different coffin than Scott Frost initially intended. It was the wrong coffin. Yeah. yeah. You drove it into your own. Um, I think it was just entirely inappropriate, strategically, just like one of the worst moves you could have made. I, I, do res I will say one thing. I do respect the shit out of Scott Frost for coming to that podium and saying, yeah, I did that. 
-hmm. I do respect that move. And I understand, you know, his philosophy is like, if, if we got that, like it, it could have been a game ender. But the argument I don't like is, well, what would we have said if we had gotten it? And Mike, you corrected me earlier. I had the wrong percentage. You said it was 23% efficient. Yeah. And, and, and in yeah. college football, about 23% yeah. uh, onside kicks are recovered. Yeah. So, still not a great number. It's better than the NFL, but still not a great number. Yeah. Okay. And so I, I just, I don't understand at that point in time, again, when you're up by 11, going for an incredibly risky play. And then ultimately, I think they recovered it right around the 40, right? I mean, you gave yeah. them great field position. The defense had already been getting shredded all game. It just, it didn't make sense to me. And still to this moment, really doesn't, even with his explanation. Okay. So before Mike and Jared get started, I do want to say that that is not the only thing that lost you this game. Thank number you. one. And then number two, there is statistics that back up that decision. Okay. So when leading by two or more scores, I think it was like since like 1984, I'm looking at. When leading by two or more scores, the onside kicking team won about 62% of the time. I don't know how many how many attempts we're looking at. I don't know any of that. But 62% of the time, when you're up by two or more scores, obviously the other team's not expecting you to do an onside kick. But that is backed by stats. But is Scott Frost on the sideline going, well, you know, I read this thing about 62%. It's just a dumb fucking thing. And I would have said the exact same thing uh, if he got it. If he didn't get it, I would have said the exact same thing. It's just a... Stupid idea. And like, so the one thing about that stat that I'm going to say right now could be considered misleading is by two or more scores. I mean, we were literally at the two scores. But what, so like if a team is up 40 and they onside, the odds that they lose that game is pretty low. Like the, there is this big margin of like how much you can be up and still be over two or more scores. But how many of those teams that are actually up 40 are actually onside kicking the ball? Unless there's How many teams really... that are up 11 are onside Not the ball? very many. <laughs> Not I, many. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's why it's a really big talking point. Yeah, right? yeah I, I think that stack, I mean, I, I get it. And that is like a pretty convincing stat. And like it doesn't, actually, I was going to say it doesn't make me hate the decision. I do still hate the decision, but like it, it's tough to say like, Two or more, I mean, you could be up two scores, three, nine. Like, it's tough to really rein that in. Yeah. Okay. Here's my opinion about the onside kick. Get it. Husker Nation. Mm. For those of you that say this one play cost us the game, <laughs> you are out of your fucking mind. Okay? But momentum. But momentum. Our defense gave up 528 yards of total offense. Okay? Yikes. That is terrible to against it to who like to northwestern who okay. was three and nine as well as us right Oof. a team that we won 56 to 7 last year we gave up 528 yards of total offense if you want to look at a reason we lost the game look right there now with that being said going back to the onside kick jared and i watched the game together and i'm sitting there and you know the kick happens i'm like oh we just onsided it like mm. okay we didn't get it okay whatever it's fine it's fine. Okay, it's an aggressive call. I'm cool with it. I'm not saying... I mean, hindsight now, I'm like, God, that was fucking stupid, right? Right. right. But at the, in the moment, I'm... Okay, it's fine. Go make a stop, right? This is not an explosive offense. Go make a stop. Hold him to three or just make him punt the ball, right? Make a stop. Scott Frost is betting on you. If I'm Scott Frost and I'm making that call, I'm looking every single starting defender in the eyes and saying, I made this call. Go back it up. Let's go. Go make some fucking plays, right? They didn't do that. Then, guess what? Northwestern scores, right? We're still winning the games, right? Gosh, I'm feeling some deja vu. It feels like fucking Iowa all over again, Full right? momentum. But, like, you feel, you look on the, the faces of the team, they look like they're losing the game. You're still winning the game. Go, if you're the offense, go make a fucking play. Go get a first down. That didn't happen. Okay, 
Defense has another chance. They have to go a long ways this time, right? Still didn't make a play. So for those of you who think the onside kick, yes, it was stupid. It was a momentum shifter. <laughs> momentum does exist in college football. Sure. But there were so many opportunities that this team did not grab and just run with it. And, and yeah, Scott Frost, terrible call. Hindsight, bad call. Right. But on the flip side, gosh, we, we called him. We, we said on this podcast numerous times, he's a bro, man. I mean, like he really is. Like, that's the type of play that you'd make with your boys, and you're like, hey, man, I'm going to do this, but you got to back my ass up if I yeah, do it. Yeah, fuck it. Let's go get it. Let's go get it. Let's yeah. go get the win. And I guarantee you, if we would have somehow recovered that onside kick, because if you look at the replay, I mean, there is nobody in that spot. He kicked it to the wrong spot. Shocking special teams error, right? <laughs> if he kicks it to the open spot, we recover that kick, and guess what? They're not going to stop us again. And the thing, the thing, too, about that, like, special teams was your worst unit probably and it's been probably your worst unit so if you're frost you're you're asking your worst unit probably to kind of play above their heads and yeah hey hey go make this play even though you guys have sucked for a long time so i mean you could point to that and say that was a an error in the frost judgment you you're wanting to say something oh well so i was going to talk about uh on a positive side on the, the special teams was our punting which yeah. we discussed. Yeah, boom you know, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was nothing spectacular. You know, you're not going to get on SportsCenter Top 10 for anything like that, but it was very consistent and very much better than what we've had in the last year. But I was going to also divert to um, look at how few penalties were committed during yeah. that game. Oh, They Lordy. looked like a disciplined team. That's finally. That's the problem that, that blows my mind about this game. If you would have told me at the first half that we were losing, but we had zero penalties. I would have called you fucking insane. When and I, we ended the game with one penalty. One? When I saw that lost. stat, I actually looked around the room and said, how the fuck did Nebraska just do that? Yeah. After watching last year's team, which again, we talked about was competitive, but they were so undisciplined. And like you said, we looked like a real disciplined team. Yeah. We looked like a team that actually deserved to be on a D1 field. And somehow we still find a way to blow two 11-point leads. Yeah. Two 11-point leads. <laughs> there is a correlation that I generally make with all the penalties and things like that. And it's like, okay, so if you look at the offensive line, you're holding all the time. You're getting all these holding penalties and stuff. And it's like, is it because you're just being outmanned? You're being outworked? And, you know, you're getting your ass kicked all day? And you, ha you have to to make sure you don't get a sack? But then you look at this game this last Saturday and – the the pat the pass blocking was decent. The yeah, was run blocking right. was abysmal. Bes besides that Grant run, I mean, I can't. There was nothing. I can't picture anything. Yeah, it was right around there. And then what did Northwestern's running game end up with? Yeah, but yeah. I was gonna say I, I saw at leading into I believe leading into the fourth quarter that they were averaging five and a half yards a run. That's disgusting. Yeah, I mean, we Let's said going in, we said going in this game they have Evan Hole, they got Skaronski, they're gonna lean on that run game. Their passing game is probably not going to do anything too spectacular. I, I will and say, lo though, and behold, I will say, Ilinsky did look really good, and I don't know if that's because he's you know gotten better and he's really talented, or if you know our secondary just didn't do their job. I and think I think I, I know the answer, but I think I could look pretty good back there if I had five seconds to throw every single no down. Yeah, shit. there was no pressure on let's, that D line. Let's talk about that a little bit. I mean, I know we we try to stick on the positives, and we talk about the onside. It's time to shift. It's, yeah. it's time to shift a little bit. <laughs> you can't stay on positives let's, forever on this let's kind of game. <laughs> jump into the most annoying part about that game was mm. we have yeah two captains as pass rushers, Garrett Nelson 
Caleb Tanner. Caleb Tanner. And then the new incoming oh, guy who's going to get his black shirt next week. He's going to get it. First team all big time. Yeah, let's go Oshawn, right? Wrong. 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 Excuse me? Wrong. Wrong. You did it. Anyways. No. I mean, come on now. We literally didn't even rush the passer. Like the quarterback, we even blitzed and he still had time to throw the damn ball. What is that telling you about your defensive line? Uh, not great, Bob. Yeah, nothing positive. <laughs> yeah. I, man, we had such big expectations from what everyone was telling the fans. Uh, yeah, of course. It's like, you know, oh, yeah, you know, these guys are, are going to come in here and we're, we've got the best depth that we've ever had and we've got the best pass rush we've ever had. Mm. And blown apart. Northwestern had a 4.6 yards per carry. 4.6 okay, yards 4. per 6. carry. Yeah. And like, we I, ended up with 3.5. Excellent. Yeah, it's not. Three point five isn't the worst. It's not terrible. Not. Let me ask you about this, guys. Go. For some reason, uh oh, we bring in Logan Smothers. Right. He runs a he runs a good play. We 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 know we have some positive gains on it. Yeah. I want to hear you guys' opinions about bringing in Le- Logan Smothers for a razzle dazzle run type of play. I like that, Mike. God, you're telepathy, baby. Go. Okay, we watched the game together. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. After the game, Scott Frost says, I think our offensive staff has to learn you've got to be a little more creative in this league. Oh, my God. Okay. No. Okay, Scott. Okay. I know. Listen, I know exactly the play. I swear to Christ. You go back and watch this game. It was the third and two with four minutes left in the second quarter. It was a zone read with Casey Thompson. If Casey Thompson keeps it, he's getting probably 10 yards. Casey Thompson gives it off, and they don't convert the third and two. Yep. They got to get. They got to give the ball away. Dude, if Scott Frost doesn't have a quarterback whose run game is respected by the defense, he's lost. Yeah. Casey Thompson, people are not going to respect his legs. No. And it was clear. After that play, the camera went right to Frost on the sideline, and it looked like someone kicked his dog, dude. Like, and then he makes that quote, and I'm like, Whipple wanted to bring in Casey. Casey can't run. Frost is handcuffed, dude. He he feels like Whipple has control of this offense. That th- this is his thing. He needs a quarterback that can run. Mariota, Mackenzie Milton, Casey Thompson's not that. So he's very uncomfortable. And this this is a league, right, where you keep things simple. You try not to get too cute. And there's there's no traditional eye back run game. If people aren't gonna respect the quarterback run and your eye back run game sucks, this is gonna be a long season. And Frost versus Whipple is probably gonna be more contentious than Nebraska versus anybody else on the schedule. I am looking for this relationship and I'm Curious to see where it goes. Let me ask you this. I know that was long-witted, and you're going to have to no. probably yeah, no, address I, several I, I, I want to ask you this, though, because what I get from what you're saying, though, is that you're okay with the quarterback running the ball. Are you Are you okay with that? Not it's, 25 it's, times a game. I'll say that. No, no, not 25 not, times a game. But I'm, I've always said that I want a traditional I-back run game. Okay. This team is not capable of that. And since they're not capable of that, that's one less threat on your offense. Yeah. So, like in this specific case, it wouldn't hurt. Okay. So you're, you're it wouldn't hurt, but it's not it's not what I would 
want because you look at, hey, Wisconsin, hey, Iowa. Spencer Petras is a threat to run. Not. Not. Yeah. <laughs> um, who, who's the shitty whiskey co- quarterback? Mertz. Graham Mertz. Mertz is going to yeah. run. Not. No. Graham no. Mertz can't so, even worry about throwing. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, like, right now, week two versus North Dakota, it would be nice to have a quarterback that can run because you do not have a traditional IVAC run game like those other West teams do. Yeah. Okay. My thing about Casey pulling the ball is like, okay, if you have the zone read in the playbook, <laughs> right? you have to be able to pull the ball. And, and to execute a zone read, you have to look at the defensive end or the outside linebacker, whoever's on the edge. You have to look at that edge guy. And if he crashes in, you pull, right? And so you're saying on that particular play, he crashed in case he still gave the ball off to the running back. Dude, yes. And here's the thing, right? He ran into if, a group of 10 people. If your quarterback cannot run the ball and you are still calling zone reads... You are handcuffing your offense. Yeah, okay. So because that, that's it, what I'm getting at. Your quarterback is not going to run. It's almost like doing the whole, uh, like when it's the fourth quarter, right? Two-minute offense and yeah. you have no timeouts left. You're, you're doing a play action. There, you, what are you doing? Run Stop. Yeah. Nobody, you're not going to run the fucking ball. So all you're doing is wasting is, time. Hey, defense, come tackle this guy right here because I'm not going to run. Yeah. You're handcuffing your offense. Okay. So I, I agree with you. And Whipple being an NFL guy... You think that I know that he's an air raid type of guy, but you right. would think that in those situations, if you are handcuffed at the quarterback position, not running the ball, not pulling those zone reads, that you would line up in I formation to hand the ball off. Like that that's what you do in the NFL. If you're an adult, right. if you're an NFL, if the, any NFL tutelage, you know that you need to run the ball. You need you need to do it old school, pound the ball, right? If you have that zone read in there. Those those zone run plays are not going to work if your quarterback is never going to pull it. They just know to crash every time. And people are going to point to this and say, but you have asked for less quarterback run. True. That is absolutely true. I am not contradicting myself. I am merely saying I would prefer traditional eye-back run game. And because this offensive line and these running backs, apparently, I don't know, Anthony Grant, we'll see, I don't feel like they are up to the task. So if they are not up to the task and your O-line is not good, it would be nice to have an additional threat that can run. That's all I'm saying. Then bring in Logan Smothers, right? Which they did. Yeah. And he got, what, seven, eight yards? Yeah. And then bye-bye. Yeah. Yeah. One play and he's on the bench. See, here, and, and here's my thing is that the run has to set up the pass for this offense. So even if you're only getting 3.5 yards to carry, whatever the case might be, you still have that play action factor where you're going to have everybody crashing. You start doing that, you get a little bit of success with it, and then you start throwing it around the yard. Trey Palmer um, and mm-hmm. Castaneda, those dudes were behind the defense pretty much all day. Oh, yeah. They 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 had chances to get, they were wide open, sprinting down the field. Cast he missed Castaneda on a on a on a really good opportunity. But I was going to say for like Logan Smothers, um, something that like I would hope progresses throughout the season is more like in the red zone especially where just like you're saying Jared you're you're getting a lot of you're getting a lot of looks as far as like okay well we know he can run we know he can throw so it's like what are they going to do here when you've got 5 yards to go or you've got because they did it with Casey they did it inside the 3 yard line or whatever the case whatever yeah. it was where he pulled it and he took it in himself it, it um, was it looked pretty <laughs> it didn't look it good looked, it, it looked no. uh, not not 
in his usual place. It looked but, like Peyton Manning running it in. It right. Just, it didn't <laughs> look right. Right. Like so, Bambi trying to get out. So I'm hoping as the season progresses, we start seeing a little bit more opportunity for somebody like Logan Smothers to get out there. And it creates almost like a wildcat formation where he can really throw the ball because he's a fucking quarterback but he can also he can also sprint you down the field well and i love that you use the word wildcat quarterback they are i love this because logan stayed right he stayed through all this he knew two like two quarterbacks were coming in and he stayed put right and he said all the right things in the offseason he found a role and and if he can embrace that role that could be dangerous moving down the road like down the schedule you know you bring logan in and okay he's the guy that's going to run the ball I mean, well, Logan, he can actually throw the he ball. Can swing he, and he knows thing. the offense. He's yeah. capable of throwing the ball. I'm not saying he's a natural passer, right? But he is capable of slinging the rock. Yeah. So, but we're not looking for like I, 80 yard bombs out of him. Right. Guy. Exactly. I just, I absolutely love if they were to sprinkle it in more. Maybe that's what Frost was saying when he said the whole, you know, the offense is get a little bit more creative. I do think that's a jab at your OC, which is what Jared was saying. <laughs> It's going to be like a freaking soap opera moving forward. It's not going to be Nebraska versus everybody. It's going to be Scott versus the offensive staff. I, I think it's Mickey included. Like you were taking a, a jab at your entire offensive staff because you were fucking handcuffed by your AD. And I love, I love this. Like you got to get more creative in this league <laughs> because every Wrong. team that you've lost to since you've been here every single year, they do the exact same thing every single Boring. time they play you. Yeah. They just run it at your throat and you lose every single time. Fundamentals. That's, that's called an identity, right? You don't have to be creative. You know, you have to have an identity and we still do not have one the, in five years. The thing, the thing that Frost said too, I think this was even before they even played. He said, it doesn't matter what you do on offense as long as you do it well. And this is going to bring up another negative. You, you guys see the, the personnel changes that they make with it seems like zero method to the madness there's nothing and mike i was ranting during the game i was drunkenly yelling this is listless there is there's nothing here they don't know what they're doing why is aj allen coming in for a carry when anthony grant was doing fine uh wiley here's listen wiley here's in I'm not going to blame Mickey Joseph. I think Mickey Joseph, just like Raiola, is dealing with the shit sandwich and he's doing as much as he can. That's my opinion. Um, but yeah, you see these personnel changes and it's like, where is the substance? Where's the identity? The wall is not, whatever you're throwing at it isn't sticking. So you're just like, they're, okay, let's keep throwing shit. It's not working. They're getting creative. Yeah. We just need to be more creative. Shit. We gotta be more creative. We need we need to see why it more. Yeah. More, more. I, here, here, I let's... want someone getting pulled out of the stands to throw a pass in the next game. I want to get so creative <laughs> that, is that everyone is just fuck. fucking confused. Listen, and as some as somebody that respects the hard work that you know, like walk-ons and things like that, all four of us do. We respect the shit out of that. However, the last drive of the game, dude, and the uh... ball goes through your hands, it's like he shouldn't be on the field. And I'm sorry. Don't put him in that situation. Yeah. When it comes that's to, exactly why I do not give Casey Thompson blame. Well, no, I mean, no. he deserves a, a little, but like not very much. I think he played a very good game. And like we, we said, those two interceptions were just not really his fault. And have we addressed the fumble yet? Oh my gosh. Oh, come on, come on. Come the on. quote uh, unquote fumble. Stop. That was not a fumble. I, it was clearly, not a fumble. It clearly was not. 
God, it clearly was not. But we have okay, to talk no, about it. Okay, you guys that. can talk about it. I'm just gonna state real quick. It's a fucking fumble. You got the ball ripped away from you. Yeah, hold on to the fucking ball. Quit being fucking pussies. Yeah. Anyway, you got after his knee was down. Sure, sure. My thing is not a fumble. I know. If Mike Pereira says he got the ball taken, NFL NFL referee for 20 years, right? We'll say. If he says, "Hey, this is a very easy one. They they should be able to piece the two angles together and determine that his knee was down." Yes, he said it a couple times that hey, yeah, this one should be overturned, and they literally go under the hood or whatever, however they do it in college, and Instantly, stands. Like, they didn't even take a moment to look at it. I knew when they came right back and like came back to the field that fast. Stop! It was that, not that fast. It was quick. Shit! It's I think a, I drank a whole beer. No, took, you didn't. It took a few minutes. <laughs> no. But either way, I I knew when they went to go to review. I told everyone that I was sitting with. I was like, it sucks, but this was ruled a fumble on the field. It stands. And the the yeah that those camera angles were in my opinion, good enough to show that he was down. Yes. I told him immediately, I was like, that call's going to stand. There's no way they're over. You know what? That. You know what? His his knee was probably 99.8% down, but you got the ball fucking ripped from you. Yeah. Quit. You and know, no, it's, 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 it smacks of last year's Adrian with yeah. the way he was in the pile and I thought he blew the whistle. Hold on to the there, ball. There are four words that we need to live by. Ball security, Sorry. job security. <laughs> I love it. Hey. Well, yeah. one one's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> well, All right, let's, I don't know if the other one is either. <laughs> let's let's take a break. Bye bye. We good? Bye bye. We are good. Bye. Okay, let's stick with the the personnel issue. Okay, especially on that last drive, it was especially curious to me personally that this wide back duck R dude named Ramir Johnson wasn't on the field. Gabe Irvin and. Didn't see an ounce of the guy. Why? Why is AJ Allen, true freshman, coming into a game that is, I mean, it's a conference game. Yep. First game of the season, first game of his career. Honestly, a must win. It's a, it's a fucking must win. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we say that we say that pretty much every year, but right. this was a this was a literal must win for Scott Frost. Yeah. And where? So where is? Your your RB one last year, Ramir. He he's playing. Where was he? He's the wide back. He was playing so wide. So fucking wide. He was on the sideline. <laughs> he does it wide. really good. He was super good. He was so wide they didn't even see him. Jesus, <laughs> incredible stuff, really. Well, and okay, so and this is something during the break um, I brought up. AJ Allen is a true freshman. I'm sure he's very good. You've got you've got four running backs on the squad that all have playing time in regular season games experience they all have experience all right what are we doing <laughs> you've got those four guys on the bench yeah and then you've got your true freshman out there getting his toes wet in big 10 football <laughs> when you've got north dakota this week and you've got georgia southern georgia southern the next week you've right. got two weeks that you would assume and you would hope for the love of god that it's a blowout, and you can just send all the young guys out there, get their little tootsies wet, and 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 go from there. What are we doing? You ask. It's it's Apple White now. You ask Apple White. Well, AJ Allen outplayed that, them. That was his boy, though. You got to remember, AJ Allen was committed to TCU. Yeah. He was committed to Brian before he came to Nebraska. Right. So was he promised something? The, I mean, did he really outplay? Gabe Irvin, who was interviewed in the offseason, saying that he's a leader in that room. Mm. And even the highlights 
from the practices going into Dublin and everything, you're seeing a lot of Gabe, a lot of Gabe. And Ramir <laughs> Johnson was our guy last year. Yeah. Yeah. He was RB1. Right. You can't, And you can't tell me that room is just so much more vastly improved that Ramir can't see a snap. He didn't touch the ball once. No, he didn't see a oh, play. I mean, it's crazy, yeah. dude. I mean, he didn't he, even he, be wide back one time. He played special teams, right? But he doesn't play a snap on offense. Really? It's just very, it's very curious to me. You bring in this whole new fucking staff, Brian Applewhite, Mickey Joseph, two very solid guys. I'm sure they fucking are, whatever. Same shit with the personnel. No cohesiveness, listless, no identity, same shit. Creative. Just both, random. Creative. Both interceptions, I blame on personnel issues too, by the way. Yeah, you Oliver in, Martin. Oliver Martin. Listen, man. You got to go help your quarterback out. Listen. I mean, you're playing big boy power five football. Not every pass is going to be fucking perfect. Hey, right. Go make a fucking play. 89. I'm not saying his name. 89. Don't got that dog in him. Nope. He don't. That's why he's on his third college. That Dude. dog was put down years ago. Shit, man. What was it? it it's the same thing happened last year. Wisconsin. Wisconsin, yeah. Where he literally, he just let the ball go by him. He didn't go at the ball. He didn't go to the point of contact. Like he didn't nothing. <laughs> it just literally the 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 defender literally just like jumped in front of him and, and went and got it. No like dog. It, no dog. And I think that's kind of the whole team. No dog. Well, no I'm, no woof woof. Well, I mean, there's no there's woof, a, woof. there's some bark. <laughs> there is some bark. And you know, but where's you, the bite? You know, you're like we're all very critical of you know. Sometimes it's individual. Sometimes it's a, it's a more broader aspect and stuff like that. I'm sure these kids are great dudes. I'm sure. I'm sure they're great. Yeah. But in the conversation of what went wrong in a loss in a football game or what went right in a football game, we'll give you praise and we're gonna give you criticism. And in that instance, it just that on the coaching staff, on the player, it just what are we doing? Well, who do you blame? I, it's like you put him. In either you put him in a bad situation because he's he has he's not warm right he hasn't played much of at all in the game you bring him in in crunch time and things happen both players both guys the no block no rock mentality you Hell bring yeah. in the the slow white guys Hell to come yeah. in and block let's go in passing situations S stone hands baby right like come on <laughs> I I I said before that wide receiver room is not deep you got Omar, number eight going through things. We, uh, I don't know five. if it's number five. Number five. Fuck. Yeah. Who's number eight? Number eight's Logan Smothers. I thought they're okay. That's close you enough. Got, you got number five going through his issues. I don't know if it's concussion or if it's similar to his first year where it was mental stuff. But that room, if Wyatt Lever's out there, that just tells me that Mickey Joseph doesn't have much to play with there. Well, and Brody but, Belt, like Brody's yeah, out there. I know. He, he, he Wyatt's did, out he did there. show. Brody showed some things that were that were to like. Um. But yeah, you're right. Again, it's just like there's he's a just, scrappy gym rat. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and and, and <laughs> it's somebody that does have quite a bit of experience. But it's just the fact that, like the last the last drive of the game, it's to save the game, and 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 somebody somebody that they have, somebody that they have designated, as somebody that shows up to work every day, and somebody that's good at blocking, and somebody that does the no block no rock mantra perfectly. Yeah. It didn't even look like he was expecting the ball. It went right through his hands. And he was in okay. And we have a we had a guy reach out to us on Twitter, Turner Hoffman. 
Uh, shout out to you for reaching out, out and uh, giving They're, us a question. Free shout out, baby. That's, that is 100% a free shout out. Thank you for reaching out to us. Uh, we encourage all of our listeners, reach out to us. Get Let us know. Like, what, like, what do you want us to talk about? Come on now. Uh, so Turner asked us. He said, hey, Jared, NBNR crew. Hi. I'm not sure if anybody's talked about this yet. Has anyone watched the last interception that Casey Thompson threw? He said he hurried the last play so fast he ha- and has no pressure. And if you would have just waited another second, he had Trey Palmer wide open. Uh, across the middle so we went back and rewatched that play and this goes back into the whole the personnel thing that we're talking about right now maybe trey is wide open i can't see the angle that btn has um on youtube that whole game that whole game was almost yeah the whole angles in general the game was awful it felt like a soccer game it really did it did so from what we can see yeah from what we can see yeah trey looked like he got up a good break and he looked open i'm not sure if there was any safety help behind there right but sticking to it my opinion about that is wyatt did what he was supposed to do (laughs) he went he found those sticks and he sat on his route to catch the ball, stop the clock, and keep it going, right? He was doing exactly what he was supposed to do, except the most important part when you're a wide receiver, catch the fucking ball. He did what he had to do <laughs> until he didn't. Yes. So, <laughs> Turner, thanks for the, the question. Um, it made us rewatch that yeah, fucking horseshit yeah, play. Thank you. Yeah, thank <laughs> so, you. Yeah, we were all really happy. But about yeah, it. no, I mean maybe maybe Casey, if he would have waited one more second, he could have found his guy across the middle. Yeah. And 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 I mean like the two minute drill, and he even broke this down. I think during one of the the fall camp pressers, somebody asked him about two minute drills and stuff, and he's like, yeah, he's like, you know, you're really just trying to move forward. Like whatever you got, just take it. Just try to get out of bounds. Try to get the sticks. Um, and it looks like that's exactly what he did. He saw Wyatt sat on his route, like you said, Mike. He turned around. He's like. You know, he, he, he had the he had the first down right then and there. He just he slung it in there and So yeah. with that, it's quick. It has to be quick. Everything has to be quick. Can't sit there and wait for shit to develop. You just gotta go. With that exact train of thought, I wanna point out we talked about this team has a lot of bark, but not a whole lot of dogs. I wanna point out that I stand by that I think Casey Thompson in this last game was an absolute dog. That man took a lot of like he took some shots, a but like he was willing to take those risks and you know uh, I would say a, a decent amount of them paid off. And I think Casey Thompson is a dog. I think, obviously, we still lose that game. Duh. But a, a guy that's out there doing that is a significant improvement from what we had seen. And I, I like that kind of leadership. We talked about him bringing Garrett Nelson's head up. I mean, that's a real team player. That's my dog. Okay. Damn it. I mean, you end on a positive, but... End on a positive. We, we, and, but I don't want to. Too they bad. They fucking lost. Yeah. <laughs> Some of, You're so, right. No, dude, okay, you say there's, there's no dogs on the squad, man. And... You know what? You got Northwestern in the fourth quarter, completely content, just just eating up that Nebraska defensive line, just gashing them, just oh my god! I'm sitting there with Mike and I'm going, I'm I'm crying, not even because I'm 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 mad. It's beautiful what they are doing. It's it's. Uh, I'm not mad. Talking it's, about it's Northwestern's they, offensive line. They run yeah, it. Yeah. They run it almost twenty times in a row and they're completely content and comfortable with it yeah and they live they, they love it and, and brett and i said this before brett bielema Bert bielema is watching this game licking his chops paul chris is like mm, baby kirk ferentz is like oh yeah and pj fleck is like row 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 you bo. you could hear bruh Fleck's orgasm from hundreds of miles you know, away I'm, I'm glad that georgia southern does not run the triple option anymore and they have Clay Helton to run the fucking spread because I would be deathly afraid to watch this D-line 
and t- especially the interior D line. I was hoping none of this shit would happen until November, where it's a little late in the season and you've gotten yeah, leaned you're worn on. Down. Yeah. You're a little worn down. Week one. Week zero, excuse me. Yeah. You're lucky Georgia Southern doesn't run a triple option, bro. And that's so funny because in our predictions, we both I, I just kept like feeding off of you. We're like, yeah, you know, November, you know, they're gonna yeah. start leaning on that defensive line because they're tired. Shit, man. Week zero, they're tired. Week zero. Yeah. Like, we're, is, did Scott Frost dude, actually mean the defense is puking? <laughs> like, were, were they puking, not the O line? That's a that's a big thing that's come up with, with people who talk about Husker football is you watch that game and you can tell those dudes are dog tired. And I dog t- we got all these dog references. They Ooh. were they were hunched Ooh. over, Ooh. they got their hands on their hips, and you hear rumors about not having a padded practice while they were over in Ireland. That's what I heard. I don't know if it's true, but damn did it show if it is true. Okay, and, but their hands are on their hips, right? Tired. Where's Steven Wynn? Where's <laughs> Where's fucking Devin Drew? Where? Like, well, why are we not bringing in fresh bodies on the line? Yeah, Devin Drew. I think they said he had like 24 snaps or something like that he had throughout more, the whole game. And he had and, more than fucking Stephon Wynn. Yeah, and and yeah. and then you look at Ty Robinson who had like 60 something snaps, and it's like, again, this 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 management of the personnel. What is the method to the madness? If you've got all this depth, you can share the load. It's it's it. Catch-22 is a thing I said like three times already. Personal, personnel management has sucked, but your depth also is not very good. And so it's just like, you damned if you do, damned if you don't. Do we have our boy up? We don't, but let's <laughs> shift and get all that stuff ready. And so okay. let's, let's set that up now. Okay. Say, we're bringing on... We got it. Okay, now that we are done venting a little bit... Close the door, Northwestern. We're, we're slamming that shit shut. I already okay? forgot it happened. It's <laughs> Before we slam the shit shut, I do want to say... The negative guy on the podcast, Jared, Hi. did tell me at the game, when this game was over, and he told everybody in the TikTok universe, he <laughs> said, hey, there's still 11 games there's to go. There's still 11? He was showing more positivity than me. I was fucking ready to burn it down. <laughs> like I was going to call a hitman on Sk- Scott Frost to make sure he didn't get back to, to Lincoln, Tony, Nebraska. Tony Soprano is ass. Yeah. And- I want to point out the two really positive guys on the podcast walked you guys, in here today with your fucking sign. And my sign, yeah, hi, I'm Sam. Walked, walked in here today, and we were not very happy. So, I, I, sad, not even just not very happy. There's a actively sad. We 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 basically just conceded. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. You yeah. guys, okay. There's there's 11 games left, and we move on to next week. We have North Dakota coming into Lincoln. It's a 2:30 kick. We have. With us, a guy who covers North Dakota football, and we are very glad to have him on. I know that there's not a whole lot of selection that covers North Dakota football. We're going to bring on a guy named Kelly Howe, and he works for UND Football 360. You can find him on Twitter. He's going to come on the show, give us a little preview of North Dakota. We appreciate having him on, and I'll shut up. Let's go to the interview. Let's do it. Not even kidding. The worst football game ever. It was, was Nebraska's game. Oh, hey, you guys! It <laughs> points. Okay, it was. It was a two-hour and fifteen-minute sophomore football game. That's oh. how. Oh my! I don't even know how to explain to you guys what I just watched. I mean, that's why I should have been home forty-five minutes ago if normal teams were playing. Oh, oh god! <laughs> what makes a game like that so long? Like, is it the okay? Where where do we? <laughs> you know. <start? laughs> 
which which turnovers, the penalties, the false starts, the defensive offsides, the pass interferences, oh, the muff punts. The, I mean, you you name it, it happened in this game. And I'm sitting here thinking to you guys the whole second half. I'm like, I got to get on this damn podcast. You <laughs> would not end, you guys. Was like, Is it one oh. of those where, like, it's being refed a certain way and you're like, dude, just let them play. Oh, hey. Okay, I didn't even mention that yet. They called spearing in a sophomore spearing. football game. Spearing, well, like they got to establish it. Thing. They got to establish it when they're young, you know. You yeah, yeah. yeah. I, well, that's what I turned. To, I turned to my father and there. I'm like, I go, that guy. I go, he wanted to make himself part of the game or something because he comes out of the, the guy on the sideline. You know, the side judge throws a penalty, comes running in and calls, you know, crown of the helmet penalty. I'm like, in a sophomore football game. Right. Like, what are we doing here? You know? Hey, don't use your helmet as a weapon, right? Yeah, yeah right. I mean, that's, that's, where, that's where we were at tonight. We we're calling spearing penalties. Like, okay. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Oh, I'm sorry, guy. My no, God. Okay. I, feel, I felt terrible. I was I'm looking at my phone every five minutes. I'm like, I got these guys waiting. I got to get out of here. What are you? Hey, you know, we're just sitting here, you know, at Nebraska Brewing Company drinking beer and hanging out. So, you know, no rush. Yeah, well, yeah, here's the thing. The worst places there you go. We we had to record the first part of our podcast and it probably went way too long. And so like we yeah. were just we were hoping this thing would be like twenty minutes at most. It's kind of a hit and get kind of thing, if that's all right with you. Yep, no. Yeah, whatever. That's usually yeah, usually ours are in ten, twenty minutes of call. Whatever whatever you need, I can talk as long as you want and okay. make it sound as good as you want or as bad as <laughs> <laughs> Can you can you fix that accent of yours? Sure. No, yeah, it's bad, isn't it? it, it you, you live up here, you don't even notice it. And then I hear myself around like people like you guys are down south. I'm like, geez, I'm bad. I mean, it's, you sound it's like the Minnesotans. Hey, I just yeah, that, see it's that. It is. It's that, isn't it? I just spent I just spent three days up in Minnesota last week, and I came home so saying what? a and all this other crazy yep. shit. And I'm like, yeah, that's how it goes. Yeah, <laughs> we all say it to each other. Nothing, nothing I can do, guy. Yeah, <laughs> that's all right. Um, okay, so we'll just we'll just introduce you and we'll get yep. into this thing. Yeah, so it's it's pronounced how too. Yeah, I don't know if you Kelly yeah, how. Kelly. Yeah, we got that right. We nailed Kelly it. On episode. <laughs> we we nailed it. Yeah, there you go. But, so, okay, and another thing. Well, okay, another thing. Um, yeah. so are you are you just like a fan? Like, are you do you consider your what do you what's your no, title? I, uh, well, I I played there. Like oh, okay. a long time ago, about uh, I played for Bubba actually, Bubba Schweiger. He was the defensive okay. coordinator there, the head coach now. I played for him '95 to '99. Okay, so at UND. So yeah, I've just kind of followed, you know, obviously followed it. And then about 2010, we started this UND football 360. It was called Sioux Football Insider before. Well, you know, they got rid of the Sioux nickname, and then. So we kind of had to too, because it didn't look very good, you know, and stuff. So, so then we re rebranded it. So it's been going about twelve years now. We've been doing this. Yeah, nice. Okay. Yeah, just a few people jump in here and there. I I spearhead the thing pretty much, and yeah, just covering the team because we like it. You know, that's about it. You know, that's, that's what we do. We love it. Yeah, yeah that's the same thing we do. Yeah. Yeah, we love the pain. Yeah, it's, it's kind of what's been for us too last year. I think we're both our programs are on the same path last year. Losing seven point or less games was the specialty. 
Yeah, it's it's it's. But ours carried it over into this year too, so that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let, let's let's get into yeah. Let's thing. get into okay. it. Let's do it. All right, we All right. have we have with us Kelly Howe. We'll we'll call you the founder of UND Football 360. You can find him at UND Football 360 on Twitter. You got you got a nice little following on Twitter. I'm a little impressed. Yeah, thank you guys. No, thanks for having me. That's fun. Yeah, we uh we've been doing it for quite a while and we just, you know, keep churning out information, have fun, hot takes, you know, all that oh, stuff. Yeah. We'd act like we know what we're talking about all the time. Right. And people people are buying into it, I guess. Oh yeah. <laughs> we're no strangers to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So Kelly, did you have a chance to watch the most recent Nebraska football game? I did. I was at a uh, fantasy football draft last weekend. We kind of do when we do it, we do it all day, all day into the night. And draft takes about an hour and a half and the rest is throwing bags, drinking beers, whatever. And Mm -hmm. yeah, we had it on and it was a, it was an interesting game. Yeah. I mean, Nebraska looked real good early and, Mm -hmm. you know, I think there's, I think there's a lot more there than they showed in Dublin. I think they're going to look a little different this weekend, but I don't know. I mean, maybe, you guys can give your take on it, but I, yeah, I, de- I definitely watched it and tried got a preview, I guess you could say. Well, I'll say myself, and I'll, I'm just speaking for myself here, guys, but if they're holding anything back at this point, uh, fire their ass now because you're in <laughs> win now mode. I don't care if you're playing North Dakota. I don't care if, if you're playing Georgia Southern, um, the school for the blind. I don't care who you're playing. You're not holding shit back because you must win now. So hopefully, hopefully, uh, hopefully they weren't holding anything back because that would be disappointing. (laughs) Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't guess I maybe shouldn't have said they were holding stuff back, but I think they're better than they played. Okay, I mean that's fair. We're on the same page there. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. Yeah, yeah. No, they had, they had, they got talent out there. See, you can see it look good. And I think, I think quarterback. You know, I know we're going to get into the game and stuff, but I think uh, Casey Thompson. I don't think he was as played as well as he could have i think i don't what does he not run guys yeah, <laughs> i mean no, he, no you're not is he not a runner is that's he, kind that's kind of the the i don't want to say it's the point but with the guy we had last year in the past four years adrian martinez yeah felt like he was probably overused and ran him too much and so like we're kind of fearing that or at least myself that it's so much more extreme the other way where he's not a threat at all to run and it's kind of a detriment and handcuffing the offense in the long run. Okay. I I expect him to take off a few times there. I just did. It seemed like it was there when he was moving, when they're moving the pocket a little bit, or he was, he was scrambling and he just never did. He kind of, he waited, he waited to get the throw off, which is, you know, which is fine. But I thought, that might be a nice dimension. I don't know much about him and his previous other name was at Texas. That was about it. But yeah, I thought there, it seemed like there were a few opportunities where he could have made some big plays, maybe move the chains or something with his feet, but maybe that's not in his DNA, I guess you could say. Well, it should be in his DNA because his dad was a, <laughs> His dad was an option quarterback at, at Oklahoma. So it should be in his DNA. Right. Uh, I'm, I, I hope that he maybe takes off a little bit more down the road, but yeah, no, there was definitely opportunities against Northwestern to, to go pick up large gains with your legs. And he didn't really do that, which I think it takes away one of the phases of our game because you can't establish a running game 
you, you know, go. you become very predictable. There you so go. yeah, right. it was, uh, it was very tough. And, and it's, it's honestly refreshing hearing it from an outside person like yourself um, saying those, because that's stuff we just talked about. You know, we, on our episode, we had talked about how Casey's uh, I mean, we, we don't want to run a quarterback 25 times a game, right. but right. you know, being, having a quarterback that has the ability to make plays when you need them to is, it's a big part of college football. Oh, it, it's a, yeah, it's kind of taken over. Everyone's looking for those, those type of guys and UND has been looking for them. They don't necessarily have one that can do it um, right now either. But when UND faces those type, like Missouri state as Jason Shelley, his name is he's out of uh transfer. He came from Utah state, but he's now a all American for him. And last year, he's basically the only reason that UND lost. You end up losing by three on the road to, Missouri State was a playoff team, but he could take off running and he kept doing it at opportune times and it killed him. Kill yeah. kept moving the chains, you know, just little things like that. And you can't you can't account for it after a while on defense. You know, you, you call your you send your call in, but you don't account for the guy taking off. And that's kind of the rage now and having those guys that can do that. So I think tomorrow on Saturday we're gonna see. Well, if he plays like he did last weekend, I mean, we're going to see two probably pocket passers going at it because UND, Tommy Schuster, he doesn't take off either. Okay. I was going to say, as much as I would love to continue to beat the Northwestern game to death, I really want to transition into, you know, this coming <laughs> yeah. Saturday. It's game week. They're having fun talking about it. <laughs> no, <laughs> not Sorry fun at all. That. All right, no, let, let's, let's get into it. So North Dakota, they were five and six uh, last year. Um. So as they come into Lincoln next week, what is the thing that Nebraska fans should be looking for with North Dakota? What should what should we be fearful of? Well, when it come, I would be fearful, I guess most um, if UND's getting to the quarterback, they love to bring pressure. Yeah. Okay. okay. This is not a team that you say like when I watched Nebraska, I saw a little bit of pressure, you know, not a lot. It seemed like not third down stuff, you know, and that's, that's fine. Cause it seems like they're conservative in the back end. They keep everything in front of them. UND will take chances. They'll send six. They'll send seven when they get crazy. Mm. They'll send, but a lot of times they'll send four to five. I mean, every play, cause they run a three, four scheme. So they're bringing three regardless. Yeah. The fourth guy's usually coming. They for the outside linebackers coming on, and then it's whether you bring an inside. But so they run, they've run a three four at UND since 1989, same defense, and it's kind of evolved in now a high pressure scheme. So you're going to see some fireworks on Saturday, and whether it's UND or Nebraska is the issue because <laughs> yeah. they're going to bring five, six, maybe seven guys, which means what? One on one across the board, right? Yeah. So you're going to see chances downfield. And I know they hit a few of them last week in Nebraska. So um, yeah, that that's one defensive side of the ball, offensive side of the ball. When you're UND is, you know, they want to do, they want to run it inside zone type of stuff, but they will, they will throw the ball, but they throw it quick. Mm. You're not going to see many sacks by Nebraska. And that's not, not because you don't have the players to do it. It's because UND throws it fast. They, they gave up eight sacks all last year, and it's not because their offensive line was real dominant. It's more because they just, they throw when they, they'll throw a fade, but they'll throw a, like a 15 yard fade, you know, those types. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Everything's quick. So you're going to see 
they don't want to get him pressured. They're going to move the pocket, throw quick stuff, slants, um, back, a lot of back shoulder fades because they, okay. they have multiple receivers that are over six, four. So you're going to see, you're going to see that type of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's an entertaining style of football, really. I mean, it's, they came up short last year, four times on the road versus playoff teams, four playoff teams. They lost by seven or less. So they could have, could have won all of them, lost them all. <laughs> it was one of those years. Yeah. So, but yeah, I think, I mean, looking forward to the people, the Husker fans, I think it's going to be an entertaining game. I mean, there's going to be points on the board. Let's put it that way. Well, you know, couple... I'm not saying UND is going to score them all, but I'm saying there could be points on the board. Yeah. Well, and there's two things that you said there that kind of worry me just after watching the Northwestern Nebraska game. Number one, you said they get rid of the ball fast. Well, we had zero pressure on Northwestern's uh, quarterback this last weekend. Um, So you might expect more of that where he's just in a clean pocket the whole game. And then number two, uh, you said they're throwing these little like short routes and stuff like that real quick. And that's what really burned us in the passing game against Northwestern. There was not, there was one really big play, um, but there really wasn't a whole lot of like really downfield passes or anything like that. So it's what really killed us was the running game and the short passing game. So you just mentioned two things there that we should be a little (laughs) bit concerned about. A little bit. Right. No, I, I, I hear you there. I, I noticed that a little bit. Northwestern got him with some short stuff and, mm-hmm. you know, his pitch catch, try to break the tackle, you know, type of things. But it seems like you guys correct me if I'm wrong. It seems like Nebraska, they play a little bit of a shell, kind of a shell defense, keep everything in front of them. They'll give yep. up the short stuff, react tackle. Is that, is that, would that be fair? Yeah, that's a very fair assumption. Yeah. And yeah. when you're not able to tackle in space like they they were not able to do on Saturday, yeah, it, it calls for a very long day. But yeah, you're 100 percent right. It, it, we and that's the Chenander defense. That's it, you, they play off. They give a little, um, yep. but they're they're bend don't break type of mentality. And it's it's been it's and despite Frost coming in and him being the offensive whiz kid. It's been the Chinander defense, the bend don't break. That's been the strength of the team the past four years. They've gotten better year after year, and now you see what happened last week, where they can't tackle anybody. It's it's pretty concerning. And yeah, and like Kyle said, all off season we heard Kelly defensive defensive line. You got all these edge rushers coming into for Nebraska. They're going to wreak havoc on the quarterback. You didn't see jack shit. Didn't see an <laughs> ounce of that. And so, yeah, the, these quick the quick strike offense, and you said inside zone run. I don't know if you saw our interior D-line get absolutely mauled against Northwestern. But dang it, man, I, I am nervous for this game. Thank well, you. well, we're looking now. Uh, the uh, off the bus, you know, review here is not going to look like Northwestern getting off the bus. All right. So we got to, we got to remember enough. that, you know, Fair I mean, enough. It's, you know, I can stand at the 50 and look both ways and Nebraska is going to look better. All right. So we, we know that, but the, the, you know, the key, the key would be is if UND turns it over or not, if they play a clean game, take, you know, get two yards, get three yards at their worst play type of thing and don't lose five and, you know, get stupid. You know, they got a shot to hang around. It'll be more of a whether UND's defense can hang with your offense. I think that, you know, because UND scored points last year. Tommy Schuster, quarterback, he's, 
you're going to see him, you're going to kind of look at him and be like, wow, that kid's short. You know, he's, he kind of got yeah. that Russell Wilson look to him. He's about 5'11", maybe. But he's a cerebral kid. Very yeah. smart, very intelligent. He's going to catch it and he's going to know where to go, you know, with the ball right at the snap. And like, that's where I said the quick stuff comes in. Now, if he starts to get in a rhythm and starts hitting that short stuff, you know, UND's offense will will move the chains, you know, whether they get in the end zone or not because of the way Nebraska plays is another story. But uh, the game will be, you know, if UND hangs around at all, it'll be there if their defense can get pressure on Thompson. Because if they can't and you guys do any kind of a max protection, UND runs the issues when teams max protect because they want to bring pressure and the team times it up perfect with the max protection. And then they, you know, they're fast. Their speed guy will beat us downfield. That has happened quite a bit. So if you got, and I believe you got a couple of guys, a couple of guys Palmer, that fit yeah. that bill. Yeah. yeah. So I think that that would be the thing to watch for. If you keep your tight end in, you know, something like that, and they get loose down the field on a post, you know, something or a double move, that would be what what I would be the biggest concern for me heading into this one on UND's end. It's funny. That was going to be my exact next question is we covered, you know, what you thought would have been the biggest concern on the Nebraska side, but I I was just about to ask, what did you find to be, what is the most concerning thing you've seen from, you know, as as a UND fan, like what is the most concerning thing from Nebraska? And it sounds like um, it's that offensive explosiveness. uh, Yeah, definitely. Well, what happened last year, um, Utah state game, UND who it turned out to be really damn good. You know, as a turn, we didn't know that they weren't very good, you know, the year before. Well, UND goes out there a second game of the year and got up 21-7 on them and jumped on them early, um, ended up being 27-24. They were down heading into the fourth quarter. But the explosiveness that Utah State had, I don't know if you guys caught them last year, but they went with that kind of hyper-speed Chip Kelly thing back in the day. Oh, yeah. Where no huddle. I mean, as fast as they could get to the line, they went and – that's UND's kryptonite. They uh, can't. Huh. They cannot hang with super when teams want to go as fast as they can. Plus, put guys like you know the receivers you have out there. It starts to wear them down, and they just can't run with them all game because they don't. They're just not that level athlete. But they can, you know, if the if the offense is moving the ball and keeping them on the sideline for a while, where they can regroup and you know get a drink, get a blow. Then they're then they can, but it it, it just avalanche to the point where UND lost 48 <laughs> yeah. 24. Oh wow. It's it's yeah. funny that you say that that's UND's kryptonite because Nebraska, that's what they've been known for. They're that you know, Scott Frost is the chip Kelly tutelage guy, and and even Whipple, they run that quick, fast offense. But yep. on the Nebraska side of things, I would say that's our kryptonite too, because yeah. it puts your defense, you hang them out to dry constantly if you're running offense that fast right where normally in the big 10 you know it's slow pace pound the rock eat clock time of possession possession. and yeah the nebraska has not gone with that approach since they've you know since scott frost has been the head coach here and so i i have a feeling it'll be okay against uh an fcs type of opponent like north dakota but you know back into the big 10 play it's it's been our kryptonite it really has. No, okay. Well, UND is methodical on offense, so they'll they'll huddle, they'll huddle a lot. They'll, which they're trying to they're trying to burn clock as you know they're kind of a kind of an old school feel. Even though the offense is 
as new age as it gets. I mean, it's very, it's a very entertaining offense. You're going to see trick plays. You're going to see stuff like that, but they do huddle. So you won't see that out of UND. They might break into a no huddle once a game is, is about it. So it'll be, it'll be contrasting style. That's going to be the biggest thing, guys. It's going to be exciting. I mean, yeah, it's going to be awesome least. for UND. I mean, you guys are used to this, you know, that's in Lincoln and stuff, but for UND fans and the team, we're, they're not used to that. You know, Lincoln is the Mecca, you know, up here. We, you know, everyone in North Dakota knows Nebraska football. You know, they've known it for a long, long time. So for, for the program to get down there and play in front of your fans and it's just going to be, it's going to be an awesome, awesome atmosphere for everyone, everyone involved up here. I just want wanted you guys to know that that it's nobody's taking it lightly or treating it like it's just another game i mean they're treating it like like it's big time <laughs> are you oh, are yeah. you by chance making it down yourself no i'm not my kid has another game friday <laughs> uh, another three-hour <laughs> game which I, yeah which i just left you guys hanging for 45 minutes waiting for me to get on this podcast please do not feel bad yeah please, you're right. good Leave you're good hanging <laughs> for about what it, what's the drive four or five four hours i don't know three hours so oh like down there yeah oh it's it's geez from here it's gotta be seven oh, yeah. he's he's gotta gotta leave your three. kid hanging for seven hours there you go yeah <laughs> <laughs> no my um, kid he had two interceptions tonight so it was, it was worth it though yeah he was it was <laughs> Does it was he fun have an in offer that from way nebraska yet what's that does he have an offer from Nebraska yet? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that would be unbelievable. Don't, ins- don't insult his kid like that. <laughs> He's only in ninth grade. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Kyle. Kyle, you got something. Yep. So uh, just two quick things before we wrap up here. Um, number one, is there anything that you are looking at for UND? Is there anything you're looking at that you're like, okay, this is probably something that Nebraska is going to attack? Like any like weak points or anything like that? Um, and then the second thing is, do you do you want to give a, an official uh, prediction for the game, or you know, like what what are you kind of looking at for that? Oh yeah, I always we always put our callers on the spot. I'll definitely <laughs> definitely <laughs> go into a prediction, but yeah, I would say offensively for Nebraska, I look for them to you know once again isolate, you know, try to try to time up the pressures that UND is going to bring because there's going to be a lot of them, but they're. Uh, they'll try to get your guy. They want to get our guys in space. Okay. I know they do because they'll watch the Utah state tape and they'll see tack, tackling in space can be an issue. And I know Nebraska, I think they struggled a little bit. Like you said, last week with tackling space. Well, when UND goes against a superior, you know, type of athlete, they, they've struggled at times to, to get them down. So that would be one thing where I could see you guys, you know, really, and trying to trying to isolate a guy, even if, even if it's a hitch route, you know, something quick to get the ball and then make our guy miss. Hmm. So that would be an issue I'm I'm really kind of worried about. The other one would be the interior of UND's offensive line is young, and I mean real young. And they they got a uh, redshirt freshman, Danny Carroll, out of Kansas. He's starting at center. This is going to be his first start, guys. Lincoln, Nebraska. In Nebraska. <laughs> no yeah. pressure. Center. Yeah, and I, your yeah. nose guard's huge, isn't he? Well, we got a couple. Yeah, yeah the one's three hundred and thirty pounds, I think, isn't he, or something? We got a a guy that transferred from Alabama that that uh, didn't play very much against Northwestern, so we'll see if he uh, gets, okay gets to test out your your freshman center. Yeah, I was trying to look because your line, look, your defensive line looked real big yeah, last they're, week. They're not small. <laughs> yeah, and so we got a fr- and then we got a sophomore next to him that they slid down Easton Kilty. He's 
probably the second best lineman, but they slid him down to right guard. Now, right tackle, guys, red, red shirt freshman, never played a snap before in his life. Okay. He, yeah, out of Park River, North Dakota, Sam Hagen. He's going to be good. 6'6", six, six, about 300. He's a big kid, but he's never played a snap either. So it's like, it's going to be yeah. baptism by fire hose, I think. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you guys are, your coaches have already seen that, I think. They're going to they're gonna figure that out when the two deep comes out, which I think it did today. So, we yeah, hope, we back. hope they see that. We hope they do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, we're no, just very, you know, you, hey, it's week zero and they're on. I mean, shit. Hey, you got a better record <laughs> than Nebraska. So that's fair. <laughs> okay. No, so, I know. It's been tough down there, isn't it? It's been, I just, yeah. oh, it's been you hell. You guys are used to winning, you know? Well, look, okay. I don't, yeah. I don't know if you can see behind Jared's head there. Uh, I don't know if you can see our screen. There is a sign that we have yep. hung up on the wall. That reads, "Hi, I'm sad." <laughs> yeah. okay, so, All right. can, can I? I just want to ask you, and I know that we had asked for your prediction, but like, this is obviously a hot topic here in Lincoln. And look, there's national people clowning on us. Like, what? What's your perception of Nebraska football? What is your perception of Scott Frost? I guess. Well, it just, it seems like, you know, I, I follow college football and, you know, I just, the the FBS, I just follow from a distance, obviously FCS, I follow very closely, but yeah, it seems like it just, the recruiting's gotten too hard in the last 20, 25 years. You know, it's just kind of turned to where the biggest North, the biggest and best North schools are getting kids, you know, maybe Ohio state, you know, maybe mm-hmm. some Michigan. And everyone else is going to South school, Southern school, you know, Alabama's taking them all. Georgia's taking them all. You know I mean? Mm-hmm. It seems like the recruiting just shifted so hard. Now, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, but I, having said that, I don't, I'm just going off records and, you know, success. I haven't looked at Nebraska's recruiting rankings. I don't know. How have they been lately? They've been okay. They, they're consistently like top 20. Yeah. Top 20. But okay. a lot, a lot of that is skewed towards position uh skill players that have come here but then leave after a year and they go back to the south it's kind of like that okay we haven't really we haven't built in my opinion where it's most important along the lines especially in the big 10 we especially with frost it just seems like hey we got this awesome db and wide receiver from florida they hate lincoln or they're not getting enough pt and they're leaving they're going back home that's just what it seems like oh okay well is that I, when I think of, you know, Nebraska and you think of Iowa, you think of old linemen, you know, cause they're everywhere in the state. I mean, UND heads down to Nebraska, Iowa, Minnesota, South Dakota to get all their old linemen, right. you know, just like NDSU does and everybody. Is it, is there, are they missing on local kids or is there just not enough? Is there not enough high end old linemen in the area to where they have to end up reaching out too far to get them? You think? I think you kind of, you said it yourself, you know, you have the Iowas around, you have Minnesota recruiting well along the lines. Um, the development. I, a lot of it is just the, co- I, I, we feel like the coaching isn't, I mean, when you have Milt Teneper for whatever, 30 years, who's arguably the best O-line coach ever, oh, there's going to be good. a drop-off, obviously, but it just seems like we don't have an O-line coach or a head coach that emphasizes development along the lines 
so then you you know you pair you know you you try to compete with like an Iowa that's sending two offensive linemen every year to the NFL and it's right. like, you know no. we're it's you know no. we're just not developing at the same level as these other guys on the line just like Jared said so okay because when you know I, I'm from the uh, I went to school in the you know mid 90s high school so obviously the elite of all elite offensive lines was you guys. Yeah. You know, yep. I still remember up here. I mean, that's all we, anybody talked about. North Dakota was Nebraska back then, obviously because of the steamrolling. And I mean, with Uyghur and those guys, I mean, look at them, my God, those guys were yeah. just absolute maulers and monsters, Animals. you know, and then now it seems like it's funny. It just changes. And then like UND, UND used to put, put multiple guys when they were D2, they put multiple O linemen into the NFL when I played right after. I mean, every couple of years they'd put a guy in the NFL when they were D2. They went D1 for the first 10 years. They didn't put one in. Yeah. Well, and, you know, it's like it shouldn't it be the opposite? Shouldn't it right. just get better? You know? <laughs> well, and they always say the NFL, it, they'll find you no they'll matter where you. you're at. You can be in Uzbekistan. They're going to find talent and they're going to put them in the right. NFL. But, uh, <laughs> Let's, Although uh, UND let's, did have one last year, they Matt Willetsko got drafted in the fifth round by the good, Cowboys tackle, good. so they could have used him on Saturday. I know that because he had a chance; yeah. he could have came back, but he he decided to go pro. He had one more COVID year, so hey, get paid. Yeah, take care of your family, get paid. Okay, yeah. Kelly, give us your score prediction for Saturday, and let's uh, let's let's let you go home. Yeah, when I when I do these predictions, I go with my head. You know, I love to. Love to be a homer as much as the next guy, but oh yeah, this one you know I'm I'm gonna go with my head on this one. I on the blog and I did a um, full how how will the season play out post. You know I did every game, broke it down, and I went with Nebraska 34-17 guys. Okay. Um, okay. You know a could it be 40 something? Yeah, sure. You know I mean I don't know. I think UND might be able to hang around a little bit. You know for a while and. If like you hit that short stuff, they can hit that short stuff, move the chains, frustrate them a little bit, keep their defense, keep UND's defense off the field. You know, that'll be the key. They can just not, not have wear them down, have them out on the field too much. But yeah, I, I went 34, 17. I don't know. could be a lot worse. You know, <laughs> I don't know. You know Kelly, like I, said, I, I thought they could, have. I think I thought they could have came within seven or 10 last year of, of, uh, I think I predicted of Utah state and all of a sudden it ended up 24 in a matter of a heartbeat, you know, so it can get away quick, but yeah, that, that's what I went with. I mean, I definitely, you know, the talent is on your side, no doubt FBS versus FCS 85 versus 63 scholarship. So, but the point, the big thing is it's going to be fun guys. I mean, I, I appreciate you having me on and this is, it's going to be fun. The, the the crowd up here, the fan base is pumped up. I mean, oh, they yeah. are, you know, you guys, I know you're jaded to say the least down there. I mean, yeah, I, oh yeah. I read it on Twitter. <laughs> oh, Kelly, besides the game, I, I'm going to be very curious on what that atmosphere is going to be like on Saturday. I think it's going to be a very disgruntled crowd. And I think any little mistake that Nebraska makes, you're going to hear grumbles. You're yeah. going to hear. Colin <laughs> <"Arr." laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. for Ed's first quarter. After. Hey, uh, that's probably going to be the case. All right. Well, well hopefully they're excited just because it's a home opener or anything. That'll help. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll be there. There'll so. be some juice there for that. Go. There'll course. be one person at least screaming their heart out. Right. Yeah. Hey, there you go. I'd be fueled by uh, by some some fluids, though, before the game. So. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. All right, Kelly. Um, we, we're gonna plug you. Our listeners out there, go follow Kelly at UND Football 360 on Twitter. We want to thank you again for taking the time out, and uh, good luck to your fighting Hawks. Hey, thanks, guys. I appreciate you having me on. It's gonna be gonna be an awesome, be a fun Saturday for everyone. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. you. All right. Thank you again, Kelly Howe from UND Football 360 for coming on the No Block, No Rock podcast. He ended the segment with his prediction. Guys, let's get into ours. Connor Kavalak, I see you over there. Give us your prediction, sir. His prediction was actually wildly close to mine. He said 34-17, and I think that's, you know, reasonable. I don't think it's out of the question by any means, but I do like... We, you know, this is kind of, I don't want to call it a tune-up game. I don't want to insult North Dakota. Right. Uh, but I do like Nebraska 35, North Dakota 10. Okay. Right so on. you're saying like low scoring, low scoring. Okay. Have, has anyone, is there a line for this? I haven't seen a one. Uh... I, I have not seen a line to be okay. honest. That uh, doesn't really matter, but. Okay. Sorry. Well, I mean, I'll jump into my prediction just because uh, we'll just go down the line here. But uh, I like Kelly's prediction of. North Dakota putting up 17 points. I think Nebraska's defense is dog shit, and I think they will allow 17 points to an FCS opponent. Um, I don't mind throwing shade at an FCS opponent because I think they will be fine. This is a perfect opportunity for an FCS team to, you know, get some reps against a superior opponent. I mean, and you should be, you know. Um, But I think, uh, like I said, Kelly's prediction, 17 points for North Dakota. I like the Huskers scoring 56. So 56-17, Nebraska wins. But it's fool's gold. Just remember that. Yeah. Um, I see Nebraska 47, UND 23. 47-23 is what I'm going to go with. Okay. You know, he his mentioning their strengths, just based on what we saw last week in Week 0, it just seems like this might be a little worrisome. There's going to be some moments where you're going to be you're going to hear some grumblings in the crowd. Guess what? A mistake is going to happen. It just will. It just how do you respond? Um 47 23 Nebraska. All right. And to close it off here, um I'm going to agree with the last three guys. Um I you know when I asked him about their like what he's concerned about and then I'm asking him about their strengths and everything like that it's kind of like a yin yang thing with Nebraska mm-hmm. you know you're looking at their strengths and our weaknesses based off of week 0 um but I do have Nebraska beating them 42 to 16 there's okay. going to be some field goals by um North Dakota so that's why I've got 16 um it's going to be kind of a field goal day for them, and I expect at least one like one touchdown. So so last week, we all set a win. We were all wrong. <laughs> we are all 0-1 each. Hopefully, we won't be 0-2. We God. need to get a little bored to keep track of our picks here. <laughs> <laughs> I would be... No, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't want to be held responsible for that shit. Jared has a lot more wiggle room than some of us do, so... Why? Why do? Because I, I said that there's still eleven more. No, you have oh. you have wiggle room because you said that we would finish five and seven. And oh, right, So far, right. I mean, six more losses, and you're right. Hey guys, believe it or not, I don't want to be right. I don't want to be five and seven. I don't want Nebraska to be five and seven. Yeah, I think all of us here should be rooting for me and Kyle to be right. Yeah. I would love for you guys to be right. It's just week zero did not do good for your predictions. No, it did not. It, it didn't. Hurt it us didn't real do bad. great because uh, yeah. that was one that I had kind of already chalked up mentally. Uh, and here we are. I didn't chalk anything up. When anybody asked me about that game last week, I'm like, 
We should win that game, right? Dude. We should. It's your five, Scott Frost, right? right. Yeah, we should. Yeah. Uh, you beat them 56 to 7 last year. Yeah. Oh. You should. Well, should. So uh, to, for that Northwestern game, I do want to point out a very interesting stat. For the last five years, we have traded off wins. There has not been a team in the last five years between Nebraska and Northwestern that has won two consecutive in that matchup, yeah. which says next year, hey, Nebraska win. Yeah, no matter who the coach is, we get it done, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Jeez. Let's, let's wrap this shit up. All right, guys. Uh, find us at NBNR Podcast on Twitter, anywhere you listen to your podcast, Spotify, Apple. We are there. Give us a five-star review. Please, we need it. It w- somehow works in the algorithm. Uh, f- download. Uh, mer- what, Mike? What? What am I missing? Make sure you make, make sure you shout out her at you said that. Oh shit, okay. her? Who's that? Yeah, <laughs> who? Who that? Her that? <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna start over. Just start over. <clears throat> Go follow us on Twitter at NBNR Podcast. We want to give a shout out to her at Media, her at Sports, for uh, promoting us and getting us hooked up with. Our sponsor, Charlie Hustle. You can find them at Charlie Hustle Co. They just came out with an awesome campus capsule for Nebraska. So if you go to their website, you'll find a whole bunch of cool retro vintage type stuff. Sweatshirts, t-shirts, even sweatpants if you're into that sort of thing. So go to their website and buy some Nebraska stuff. And I don't know if you can tell them that NBNR sent you. I don't know how you do that, but... You're welcome, Charlie Hustle Co. Send them an email. Yeah, send them they, an email. They have to have a contact form. Just tell them we sent NBNR you. NBNR yeah. sent me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, go to nbnrpodcast.com. We have past episodes. We have merch there, hats, shirts. Tote bags. That thing that you just said. <laughs> um, iPhone cases. Yeah. Get your no-block, no-rock Let's iPhone go. case. I got, right? my, I got mine. That's pretty freaking cool. It looks clean as a whistle. Hell yeah. All right, guys. Uh, what am I missing? Anything? Oh, it sounds good. Okay, let's sign off. I'm one of your hosts, Jared Hall. Kyle Byers. Mike Delaware. And Connor Cavillac. And as always, beat North Dakota in GBR. We have a saying, no block, no rock. You know, we just really love Utter. He's a junkyard dog. Yeah. Kenny Bell ran up to me. He's like, you know what you just, what you just did? <laughs> you get mad. You went to go get in the portal and go to another podcast? You know, usually dumbbells are in pairs. They had five dumbbells. Hey, gone in Muhammad. GBR. A Huda Media Production.